Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Clutch Conversations. It's your boy, Mike. We are back at you one more again, live on a Thursday night, man. I hope everybody feeling good, feeling all right. It's Thursday, 8 p.m., really like 8.05. We're a little bit late, but don't mind that. 8.05 p.m., Clutch Conversations is the place to be. First and foremost, shout out to my lovely wife, Takara, the world famous TJ to DJ. Always holding us down in the comments and always holding us down in general y'all make sure y'all show some love in the comments man show some love show some love but don't stop there do us a solid and show the channel some love as well definitely hit that like button if you're not already subscribed hit that subscribe button everybody make sure you hook smash that notification bell so you can get notifications each and every time we drop a video Shout out to the audio only gang. I know a lot of y'all following us on the podcast platforms. For those of you that don't know, audio recordings of Clutch Conversations are available on all major podcasting platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. When you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform, please follow, rate, and review. It really helps us out. We really appreciate the feedback. And we really appreciate the support. Speaking of support, if you're involved in this reptile hobby in any shape, form, or fashion, please make sure you are supporting both U.S. Art and U.S. Art Florida. Speaking of U.S. Art Florida, I want to take some time to acknowledge the events that just happened this past week, man. I know a lot of y'all already know. If you don't, definitely. I don't know how you don't know if you're involved in the community, but it's absolutely appalling appalling how these fwc officers showed up and and executed these animals let's just call it what it is they executed these animals they murdered these snakes it it, it just it doesn't make any sense the fact that they killed a pregnant boa which was a legal pet like no issues with bogus with boas being kept in florida at all like that's just heartbreaking it's just it's infuriating and it just really highlights the level of incompetency that we're dealing with on a regular basis here in florida so definitely make sure you're supporting not only u.s art but u.s art florida know that those are two separate organizations uh they work well together they work together but u.s art is separate from u.s art florida even if you're not living in florida definitely if you can do it support u.s art florida memberships are free but i mean let's be honest we need money too like we are fighting folks that are well-funded, that are well-backed. And to fight that kind of fight definitely takes money. So we definitely need money too. So shout out to all the people who've been sharing the stories, who've been reaching out to the governor, who've been blowing up the phone lines, sending the emails, like, like all of that is needed. And so shout out to everyone that's doing that. Please continue to support. Please continue to, to spread the word. Uh, Keep demanding transparency and accountability 
and and advocate for fair uh reptile regulations and we really got it like this fwc stuff is not working i mean this past incident it's 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 ridiculous man like it's really hard for me to even search for the words like i'm really trying to be professional really trying to be tactful and really like try not to not to bring some unprofessional energy to it but it it really pisses me pisses me off like I'm, i'm really trying to be professional it really pisses me off we're just gonna leave it at that um I want to say what's up to some people in the chat uh because I'm, I'm starting to get pissed off but yeah y'all definitely support us art florida and definitely support us art shout out to everybody in the chat let's see who we got tonight eric's more factory what's good thank you for coming out appreciate you coming out the homie dylan what's good casual constrictors thanks for coming out sammy vargas what's good the big homie bosa What's up, Kike? Thank you for coming out. Appreciate the support. Heartland, what's good? Jordan, thanks for coming out. The big homie rock. Y'all make sure y'all check out the homie rock this coming weekend. It's on Sunday. Uh, drop the time in the chat, bro, and drop your link in the chat. But he got the homie Keys Constrictors in the building. Make sure y'all go check that out. Keys and Keisha, that's what's up. Kent, what's good, bro? Thanks for coming out. The big homie Kent in the building. Y'all make sure y'all check out Shedding Your Skin this Saturday too, man. Y'all got plenty of podcasts to choose from, plenty of podcasts uh, to learn from. So y'all make sure y'all go show some love to everybody, man. Spread the love. The big homie, Matt, my brother, what's good, fam? Thanks for coming out. Thanks for coming out. Let's see who else we got. Bosa, what's good? Thanks, bro. Really appreciate the support. Really appreciate the support. Justin Campbell, thanks for coming out. Let's go. If it's your first time in the chat, definitely hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell, too, so you can check out all the videos that we drop. Kara Shea, what's good? Good to see you. Thanks for coming out. See who else we got. The big homie Keys in the building. What's good? Thanks for coming out, homie. Ray, what's good? My brother, Alluring Serpents. Thanks for coming out. Nicole, what's good? Thanks for coming out. Appreciate all the support, man. Nicole is doing the damn thing. And y'all make sure y'all pull up on the meeting in May in Miami. It's the FWC meeting. I meant to check right before I got on here. I checked like yesterday or the day before, and they didn't have the agenda for the FWC meeting. But I am going to check when I get off. If someone's checked more recently and the agenda is posted, definitely drop that in the check. Y'all make sure y'all pull up on the meeting. It's May 10th and May 11th is the days. More Valley, thanks for coming out. Thanks for coming out see who else we got paul paul what's good thanks for coming out the big homie wiz in the building again and we got wifey in the chat showing love i'm gonna stop it right there and we're gonna kick this intro what you know see y'all in a second you listen to me i got that flavor i know you're dying to feed i ain't no dancer just got some hip in my feet now throw your hands up Ooh, you bring the lighter i got the fuse you make a fire i'll add the fuel
episode 59 coaches royal reptiles in the building what's good what's good how's it going what's up doing well on this end yeah having fun (laughs) man it's good to see you good to see you man really appreciate y'all coming on the show tonight hanging out with the fam so real quick so introduce yourself to everybody and tell us a little bit about your background I am Tiffany Whittier. I'm this dude's wife. Been married 20 mm-hmm. years. We're here in Chandler, Arizona. I grew up here, moved here in 79. I'm 51 now, so I've been here a long time. Um, that's about it. I'm a social worker, retired probation officer. That's about it. That's me. So I would have never guessed 51. I'm not trying to suck up because I already got you on the show, but I would have never guessed uh, 51. So that's what's up. Who is going to hear that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yep, 51. Thank you. Proud of it too. Feel good. Nice. Okay. nice. <laughs> and I'm Robert Whittier. I was born and raised in the uh, Bay Area, born in Oakland. Oakland's finest, you know. Uh, and I grew up in the East Bay. Uh, diehard Raider fan until I go. And, uh, I've been in Arizona since 94. But we moved one stint. We went two years to Houston down in the Dirty Dirty. So that was fun. Then yeah. we came back to Phoenix. I've been um, in Phoenix since 94, except for the two years in Houston. And um, we love it here and uh have a little house with a little bit of a snake room inside and have a good time doing that and i uh i've worked professionally for a long time and since the uh, wife got to uh retire from one job already and we have that i was able to uh, go back to school or as she puts it i've gone back to high school yeah he's returned to high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh i love it i so i am uh right now i work in the front office for one uh high school and i also coach football there and uh I've coached high school football for 17 years and i coached uh youth football for about 10 years before that and um so we are just taking a job. We just announced that we're taking a job over at a high school here in Phoenix called Desert Vista. It's a 6A school, larger school, and we'll be leaving. Your daughter's. Oh, my daughter's in the chat. So um, that's my older one. I have three kids, uh, two by my first marriage and uh, our daughter, Monet, who is okay. in Florida mm-hmm. attending uh, Bethune-Cookman. Okay. Okay, okay. Okay. And then, uh, so she's a Bethune Cookman out there in Daytona. She was supposed to go to the Daytona show for me, but uh, she said she didn't want to. So, oh man, she's got to go this year. I bet. Now that I know you, Mike, I'll have you go get her and (laughs) strap strap one of those cameras on the side of her head and (laughs) tune me in. But, uh, love, love, y'all should come too. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. we should come, but uh, you know, we're uh, I got football, so it always hits in football season. Oh, uh, yeah, so yeah, that's a good point. Stuff. That's a good point. So cool, but uh, I'm real busy because I do the I've done the football and work full time, and then I've got my uh ball python hobby as well. 
not big. I'm in one small bedroom. I do have a, uh, I do have one of those um, 70-30 racks. And then I've got a couple other racks. And I keep about, right now I'm running about 90, a little over 90 animals. And uh, that's just breeders? No, that's everything. That's everything. Okay. That's breeders. Uh, I think I have like 21 babies because I, I, you know, I, I only produce about five, six clutches a year right now. Trying to step it up this year, paired up 15 females this year. And uh, we've got two in the incubator already. And uh, just having a good time doing that. Okay. And before we get too deep into the snakes, I do want to back it up a little bit to coaching football. So so talk about that a little bit. Tell us uh, what's your specialty and what you like about coaching football and kind of like your approach and whatnot. I, I, I don't know. I've been doing it for so long. I've been coaching for over 30 years. Yeah. I, I've been uh, – I coached, uh, like I said, 17 years of high school football, never been head high school football coach. I've always been an offensive line coach. But tell me, don't want to be. I, I really don't want to be a head football coach because they got to deal with parents and all that stuff. And nah, I'm all right. I just want to coach football. <laughs> so, uh, I ain't got time for all that. Yeah, our head coach works so darn hard, and this will be my 12th season coaching his offensive line. And then I coach five seasons for another a different head coach, a very good friend of mine that I coached youth football with. And a funny story about I coached youth football in the 90s. So we took the job over at Desert Vista, Eastmark, where I was coaching the last two years, where we, we just got our rings last night. How do I get it? Oh, in nice. There? Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> First time I wore it tonight. First time. I got it out. I was like, yep, this is going on. So, uh, so yeah, so we did. Uh, so in the school where I was at, the guy that got the job there is a – First-time head coach, 36 years old, and he played youth football for me in the 90s for four years. And when stuff like that happens, you know that something that you've done or something that you're doing is the right way to do it. I always tell our head, our, our entire coaching staff, and, and, and a coaching meeting, I'm missing a coaching meeting tonight to be here. I got a little chew. I got a little chew on. So I was like, hey, I already had this commitment. But, uh, you know, I tell our coaching staff, our job isn't to win football games. Our job is to give these kids the best high school football experience that they can possibly have. And if you do that, winning takes care of itself. It happens as a bright byproduct of having a good time. So, uh I feel I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a player's coach. I love, I love working with, uh, with the young men, and because uh, I'm the father of daughters, working at the high school now, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I, I, I'm excited to get up in the morning to go to work for the first time in, you know, my 40 years of work experience. And so I'm working at the school, working with kids all day. I, I uh, coach football. Uh, I have my snakes. I, um, I, oh yeah, I commentate. I'm the uh, PA <laughs> announcer for the varsity girls softball team. Oh, nice. Yeah. I get the men's choir. I'm yeah. also in the men's choir. We've only had one performance thus far. Thank, <laughs> thank God. 
<laughs> and, and, and the men's choir is mostly boys from the school and a couple of uh, couple of us from the staff, a couple teachers and, and whatnot. But it's not that big. I think it's 10, 12 people. How do you like commentating? Um, yeah, it's not really commentating. Like, you know, it's more in PA. Like, if you do baseball, baseball PA announcing is really boring. And I get lost because I've got to, I'm playing music and I'm keeping the scoreboard and I got to play the girls walk up music and every girl got a different song and <laughs> make sure I'm coming to bat now, you know, and it's like, oh, I'm, like a DJ. I'm 57 years old. I can't, you know, I'm, I'm not DJing nobody. Right? I, I was the guy yeah, that she's been great for a little bit. Pants. I didn't <laughs> That was my job at the party. Don't bump the table. <laughs> so um, I used to do stats for, for University of Florida, like for all of their home football games. And yep. that was a pretty intense job. And so like um, on the stats crew, we had like a PA guy who was kind of announcing all the things that was going on. We had like one person that was like in charge of like tracking like uh various stats like how many first downs how many penalties uh total yardage for like a running back like just things like that and so we had a person that was in charge of uh calling like the the defensive plays and identifying like who made tackles who made an interception who forced the fumble stuff like that then we had a person who would like do the offensive spotting like spotting where the ball was and who ran uh who caught the pass who, who the quarterback was and stuff like that. Then we had a person who entered everything in the, into the computer, which was the most stressful job, especially like a, a busy game. Like uh -huh. this guy used to be pissed. Like, and they wanted me to do it, but I didn't want to do it because like, I wanted to still somewhat enjoy the game. Like he was just stressed <laughs> out and, and I didn't want nothing to do with that. Like he would be just losing it. Like, throwing his headset just pissed especially like in a busy game like a, a very competitive game where all kinds of crazy stuff happening like it just it went down in the press box and then we had like a person who would uh write the stats down on paper and then we had a stats auditor and i started out as a stats auditor but i quit doing that after like a year or two because as a stat auditor like you constantly looking down and so i'm a fan too and so like you constantly looking down and then you hear everybody like cheering you're like what did I miss? What did I miss? What did I miss? Yeah. So, like I was missing stuff. And so I moved to like the offensive guy. And so like I was watching the game the whole time and right. like I was still working and you still got to be fast paced. You still got to be like, like laser focused attention. Right. I mean, because th these are like the official NCAA stats, right? right. So you got to be paying attention, but it was better than looking down at the paper the whole time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, I, it was fun. I did it for like 10 seasons. It was fun though. Yeah, I, I'm sitting in there. I'm doing all those guys you were talking about. I'm not having well, that, right that to pass down. And the funny <laughs> thing is, is I don't keep the official scorebook, but the umpire always comes over to me to tell me what the changes are. And I just get – before I was like, I, oh, I'm not keeping score. Now i just like, all right, got it. Got it. <laughs> but I'll be going – what's the count? What's the count? Am I, is the count because it's up on the lit, you know lit up scoreboard? It's just high school, but oh. if if I don't do it right, man, I got it's about parents. 13, 14 girls, they just getting after me. The next day in school, I just get road, just rough shot. <laughs> they just beat coach up. They're like, <laughs> no, nah, they don't spare any 
how do you guys, how do you girls think I did last night? And I can just tell by that initial expression, I'm like, oh god, what what did I do wrong? <laughs> and I got eight or nine of them telling me at the same time something different. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's good feedback. I'll take that. Shout out to the PA guy though. I know that was like to me, that was like outside of the guy putting the stuff in the computer, because that was fairly stressful. I felt like the PA guy was probably like the, the next hardest job because like they would be he would be there like early, early, like practicing how to uh pronounce people's names. Like he had his like cadence down exactly how he would say the stuff over the PA and like like he would be in the corner like rehearsing it, rehearsing it. And like like it's, it was a lot of work that went into it. And I don't know that like uh folks just really recognize how much work goes on behind the scenes. Um it's a lot that goes into it. And like uh, I had a I'm whole another level you, coaching, of respect for the game. Coaching the game's way easier. Way easier than calling the game. <laughs> than doing all that. Oh no, no, thank you. Man. I, <laughs> so, I'll stick to coaching. I might be one and done as the PA for the softball. <laughs> and a couple of times I did it for like some a radio station. Um and that was pretty easy because like I would just basically like identify like some stats like if someone was coming up on like a, a record or like it was coming up on 100 yards i would just like give them like little tidbits to say based on the the data that i had and just like write it down on a piece of paper and like pass it to them and they would say it in like the radio announcer voice and make it sound way cooler than it was when i wrote it on paper and so, <laughs> and so that was pretty easy like that was almost like a, a weekend off when i had to do that that was super easy as a matter of fact but it was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had fun now. But I mean, I did, like I said, I did it for 10 years. And so I, I finally like hung up my headphones and traded for some new headphones. Yeah. <laughs> I was telling her while you were doing your thing, man, I was like, he's really good. I'm yeah, like, I'm impressed. I, I, I hope I don't look bad on the show. I'm not going to be able to compete with that. No, y'all look great, man. Y'all look great, man. Y'all, y'all doing wonderful. Excellent. I appreciate the feedback. Appreciate the feedback. So going back to the snakes now, I know I promised we was gonna get into the snakes. How long have you been into reptiles and kind of what got y'all into reptiles? Y'all. No, she doesn't do any of it. You don't do any? Nothing. It's in that room, the door is closed. I don't want to know about it. She don't want to hear me. I'm like, maybe you could clean a tub or I could teach you how to just do some of this. No snake. Just Say, none of that, huh? No, no. <laughs> how about wash some water bowls? Nope. No. That's your space. That's, that's your, my. That's thing. your little man cave. You deal with what goes on in there. Just... So, so you've I, never been curious, like at all? She goes in and looks, and you know what she says, Mike? Come on now. I'm working hard breeding these animals. Hatch it out of an egg that I incubate. That'd be a beetle's beautiful belt. What? No. She wants to make a belt. No. And he's like, don't see that. Don't see that. Yeah, that's what she's thinking, Mike. So I keep her out of the room. But there I do some show pretty her. Ones. There's some pretty ones, though. I'm like, you made that? Yeah. That. <laughs> yes, sir. So you know, a little bit of interest there. A little bit of interest, but you're not so, quite there on, in terms of the key. It's too hot. I can't tell. I keep the room uh yeah. It's when it's wintertime, yeah, because I run a humidifier because we live in the desert, right? So there's no humidity here. So, Mike, do you have to have humidity in your rooms? Yeah, like for your everybody with all the snakes. So I got water. humidity, but living in Florida, that's not an oh. issue. So you don't, that's right. <laughs> you don't need a humidifier. You don't, no. you don't, 
what's a humidifier? They're they're looking around right now. What the hell is you pay for humidity? (laughs) (laughs) And and I have to go buy good water to put through it, or it cakes all up with our water and done. Like I'm trying to keep these Hashley tubs from from the condensation getting all up. (laughs) I'm peeling babies if I don't have that humidifier. I'm in there with the, the uh, you know, the uh, magnifying glass, and I'm peeling babies if I don't have that humidifier in there. Yeah, the humidity I've been, is really I've been in Florida. It's, it's ridiculous. It's breathtaking sometimes. I mean, literally breathtaking sometimes. You can walk outside, and you be like, guys, it's humid. Yeah. Our daughter, so she's in Daytona Beach. She's the humidity. She's just like, even in the wintertime, she said it's just about the same. She's like, I want some temperature. I want some chill. I want some cold, some warm. Yeah, yeah. so she's ready to come home. Three more weeks. You, you get a little bit of chill, like maybe three, four days at a time. Well, she said the other day was the first day she actually wore a T-shirt. And now it's pouring down raining. <laughs> Looking at maybe getting flooded. Well, that's Florida for you. Just yeah. like Arizona. You know, it's sunny out all day. And that night, it's monsoon and... And whatnot. But you know what was cool, Mike? So when I drove our daughter out to Daytona to go to college, so I grew up in Florida, Orlando, from the time I was till I was eight years old till I moved here to Arizona. So when I drove her out there, we went through Orlando and I got to see the house I grew up in in Orlando. Oh, nice. Yeah, that was kind of cool. It's not yellow anymore. It's now a, a white house. But I wanted to go by my um, elementary school, Hawassi Elementary. But we missed the turn and I had to get to the airport. So uh, <laughs> I'll be the darn next. it. <laughs> Maybe next time. I thought that was cool. It's like I got to see my house I grew up in. Yeah, old. that's dope. That's real dope. And I couldn't go because it was football season. So yeah. uh, I'm having a I'm having to miss a spring practice because I'm gonna be out in uh, Florida in uh, May fourth. May 4th, 5th. Well, I get there the fifth in the morning early so I can get jump in the car and ride back with my daughter. I hope we okay. both make it alive. I hope we both make it alive, please. <laughs> the same person. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be good. I get to be on vacay. Yeah. Vacay, hey. So I've been around. into the reptiles. When did you start it? Well, I Ten started, years? yeah, I, I've always liked snakes, but I was deathly afraid. Deathly afraid. Okay. Not like run and scream or anything, but like I'm not picking that up afraid. That That's afraid. how I was. That's how I was. I ain't going to even lie. Right. Really? Everybody? So my, the guys that I grew up with were great. They would catch the snakes and put we'd put them in a five-gallon bucket. And I'd just stand there looking in the five-gallon bucket amazed, just amazed. So I kept colubrids. After I grew up, I cut colubrids in the uh, 90s and um, had, had, I think, uh, mostly, mostly corn snakes and milk snakes. And then when I, I went through, I was married before, went through a divorce and uh, got out of the hobby. And then about 10 years ago, I, uh, I started buying some ball pythons. And um, I... I fell in love with the hobby. It's just an amazing hobby. It's so much fun. And uh, he talks to him. Yeah, you got to talk to him. <laughs> all, all the females are girl. All the males are Bubba. 
<laughs> I don't name any snakes. They're all named that of male or female. Girl and Bubba. <laughs> Girl and Bubba. <laughs> so uh, what was the first uh, ball python you bought? I bought off of uh, Craigslist. Okay. Uh, and I looked at. What was it? Uh, ball python. The first one I bought, but I looked at a whole bunch. I shopped. I, I'm good at shopping. And I saw pastels, and I knew I didn't want just a normal. And this was, you know, a bumblebee was, you know, fifteen hundred dollars then. You know, it was I was going to get. I didn't want a normal. Going to get a single gene. I made the great decision of going with a male spider. Het hypo was my first, and I made a bumblebee was in my very first clutch, and uh, I traded it for a phantom het clown. Okay. And I just made my very first visual clown, a phantom clown. Just recently? Yeah, female. This year. Oh, nice. I made a female. Yeah, it was great odds. I put a uh I put a phantom head clown male to a uh visual clown and I got seven eggs. I don't cut eggs. I let everything pip. Sometimes if they pip, like two, two or three pip, and mm -hmm. then I'll wait a day or so. And if they none else start, nobody else is pipped, then I'll cut the rest of the clutch. But I was actually at football camp when this clutch pipped. Seven eggs, all seven pipped. Six came out, and I hit a uh, zero point one. Het clown, so I got the normal, and then I got uh, six, no, four, four, two point two phantom het clowns, and then I got the phantom clown female. I got one visual. The nice. the odds should have been fifty percent, right? I should have had half of them. I should have had clowns and phantom clowns. The phantom I only got one. Oh, yeah, I was upset, Mike. I was upset. <laughs> That's not a nice roll sometimes. It just it is what it is. I was like, so but I get home, all of them each are egg pit. has its own like set of odds, right? So the odds applies, the odds apply to each egg. Right. And so it can be like, I mean, you can you can kill the odds or yeah. I kept flipping the quarter and getting heads. Well <laughs> <laughs> so, uh but I got the female phantom clown, so I'm holding her. I held her back, and uh, but one of the babies was pip the egg and never came out of the egg, so it didn't make it. So I'm going to look in the egg and see, okay, what what's going on? Tangled in the umbilicus, couldn't get it. I couldn't get the snake's head off the bottom of the egg. Oh wow. And, and I've always heard people say, ah, I've never heard that happen. Don't cut eggs. They, they pip on their own in the wild. And and that's always been kind of my philosophy. I just, you know, let them pip naturally unless, you know, there's a lag. And if there's a lag, then I'll go ahead and cut the rest of them just to see. Um, but the uh, the baby uh, tangled in the umbilicus. I, I, I've never seen it. And all of my eggs pip on their own. And uh, unless, like I said, the lag, and I've only had to cut a few, but um, it was, I was just like, I, I was like, I saw Bigfoot. 
I was like, I, I think I just saw Bigfoot, and it was really oh, wow. entangled in the umbilicus. Wow. Dang. So when you were first like picking up ball pythons, were you picking them up with the intention on just keeping, or did you kind of already have your mind made up? I want to no. pick up ball pythons. I I was working out of the house, and I just wanted to get a snake. I had you know talked her into letting me get get a snake for the office. Stays in the office. I was like, okay, it'd be in the office. Then after I was doing you know all the research and everything, I was like, well, let me just get. I'm just get like. Uh, maybe another, maybe a couple females and another male, and just breed those couple. Yeah, then then it just took off. Like I was, I was, but I I don't when I I've never I've never invested in a ball python. I've never invested in a ball python. I've always and when I started this, I wanted to make, uh, you know, our our goals were a little bit different ten years ago. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make. A mystic potion. I wanted to make a blue eyed Lucy. Heck, Mike, they were selling for twelve, fifteen hundred dollars, and it was you know I was like, it's just two jeans. I can do that. I can yeah. do that. You know, and um, yeah, the thought process now is completely changed. Completely different. How's it changed? Like, how's well, it it's changed? more investment driven, babe. It's more. It's more. Uh, you know, there you can make a lot of money doing it. You know, I'm climbing the side of the mountain. I've never bought more than a two-gene animal. I buy single-gene animals because I want to see a really good example of that gene. Because when I'm buying a gene, I'm bringing a gene into my collection that I don't have. So I want to make sure it's the best example of that gene that I could possibly find. And I shop. Anybody in here from Arizona, that no, I shop. I go and look at a lot of them and and i've already looked at snakes and so you know that gene and i'm i'm really trying to i'm not trying to make a you know like a batman or anything like that i'm working with some genes that they're some are run of the mill but i've got a few things that are you know not so common and um what genes are you working with i you know like i I, so I like built my clay. Like I, I bought a pastel lesser with my first female. Everything that's got lesser in it in my collection, I produced it. It came from that female, some sort of way, from her or from a uh, you know or offspring of hers. And I've made some really uh, beautiful stuff with lesser. I like lesser. My three favorite genes are Enchi, Cinnamon, and HRA. Okay. HRA, all three of them are lelic. So cinnamon and enchi, because I was I have this gene that is a genetic blackback. And I was trying to make, if you go on World of Ball Pythons and look at the cinnamon enchi genetic blackback, that that triple combo is just amazing. And I was trying to make, you know, I was buying babies. And buying stuff to make that. I went out and you go find, go look for a genetic blackback. I won't, nobody, I, I, I don't, I've never seen anybody else selling them. But I found a couple that I wanted to work with. And one wasn't even a genetic blackback. It was just a blackback normal. It was sold to me as a normal, but it was blackback. And I said, I'm going to breed it and see if that passes. 
I really love the uh, clean dorsal or striped dorsal is my thing. I love the dorsal marking. I don't, not so much for the sides I, or the belly. I care about doing the dorsal. And I'm just trying to do my own thing. You know, I'm I'm not trying to make a Batman. I'm trying to make Raider snakes. I have BPI Xanthic. <laughs> I have, uh, hey, I have a VPI Exantic. I've made some of those visuals. I've made the visual VPI Exantic HRA. I made a pair of those. I got them both still. And uh, so when you start playing with allelic genes, you know, cinnamon, I found that cinnamon and Enchi were allelic mm-hmm. trying to make the cinnamon because I bought a cinnamon Enchi male. And I'm breeding them to this genetic, these genetic blackback girls. And all I'm getting is cinnamons and enchies. <laughs> I'm like, I got one from this one female that I was telling you about, 9A clutch, 1.8 cinnamons. I'm, and I, nobody knows cinnamon and enchier. I'm like, what is going on? What was this? This was probably six years ago, probably my, my, first, my first breeding season. Okay, and, and I'm like, so I breed, breed him. I breed him four or five times. I never produced a normal, just cinnamons and inches. So I go <laughs> out on the Facebook. I go out on the Facebook, and I say, I have five clutches, and I believe cinnamon and inchy are allelic. Mike, you thought I talked about people's mama on there. <laughs> They, they were not having. They were not having it. <laughs> it just me. Nobody knows me until. So what I, were they saying? They were just telling me how full you know what I was. I was like, I'm telling you, I got five clutches. I ain't produced a normal from this male. So, and I'm only doing five clutches a year. So this is probably over two or three seasons. And. Oh man, they talk bad about me, Mike. They talk bad about me. Then, yeah. then what? Yes, what does he know? <laughs> so then I'm watching one of Billy Rose. I saw you had him on, yeah, and I'm watching one of his over. videos. And the the kid that he that works what's his name? He was on your show too, Austin. Yeah, Austin. Austin yeah. says just like off the cuff, like no biggie. <laughs> Oh, and you know, Enchi and Cinnamon are Lelic. I am commenting on the video. Bad. <laughs> what did you say? Did you say? And finally, they came back on the, the a later video and said, "If you didn't know, Cinnamon and Enchi are Lelic." Crickets. I'm trying crickets. to tell y'all. <laughs> I've been trying to tell y'all. <laughs> So when something's allelic with something else, so cinnamon's allelic with enchi, cinnamon's mm-hmm. allelic with black pastel, so black mm-hmm. pastel and cinnamon, or black pastel and enchi are allelic. Same thing with HRA is allelic with cinnamon. If you get those, if you pair that pairing, you get a gargoyle. I think it's a gargoyle. That might be a black pastel and HRA. But I made those this year, and I made a fire gargoyle, fire HRA cinnamon and i i made the one without fire too and they're just amazing looking man um but nobody's ever talked about hra and enchi being a lelic so i put my hra mail to a cinnamon enchi fire this year 
and we made the cinnamon Enchi or the we made uh, cinnamon HRA and Enchi HRA. I only made one Enchi HRA. Okay. And, uh, it's black backed. It's awesome. It's amazing looking. Nice. And, uh, the, so oh, I really with hit red. Um, I don't know that that was on my radar either, though. That uh, that was in that complex as well. Uh, I'm with Cert. Um, I don't know that that was on my radar. Like I probably seen it before, but I just didn't remember because it's the eight ball complex is what they call it, right? Yeah. Eight so ball. like cinnamon, inchy, black pastel. I guess HRA. What else is in that complex? Uh, that's all that I'm aware of. I mean, other than you know that, because if you if you put a cinnamon to a black pastel, you're you're getting still a black snake. I made super cinnamons, no kinks, a couple years ago. I kept the female. I made a pair of them. I just I put a cinnamon entry to a cinnamon entry, and I got four four eggs. I made four supers. I made two super entries, yeah. two super cinnamons. You have to. I think I could make, or I could have made cinnamon entries, but I have enough of those because I've been trying to make cinnamon entry genetic black bag. I got cinnamon entry coming out my ears. <laughs> I have a female for sale if anybody wants any cinnamon inch. In, in terms of uh recessives, so you got clown, you got VPI, Xanthic. Are those the only two you're working with, or are you working with some more recessives? No, I got I got VPI Xanthic. I have clown. I have hypo. Okay, nice. The first, the first hypo I made. Now you're talking about language. Yeah. When, when I was first in the hobby, H, hypo, I was like a dirty word to me. If I wanted to see a snake that was in shed all the time, I, I'd turn off the humidifier. You know? I was, <laughs> oh my, I, but then I made one. And I, I kind of made it by accident. I, I, I bought, one of my first mails I bought was a, um, a Mojave Het OG. Okay. You know what OG is? Orange Ghost. Orange Ghost. Yeah. I just liked it because it said OG. I'm from yeah. Cali, man. I was rolling. I was like, that's OG. That's that OG. <laughs> so I got, uh, and I put him to my uh, pastel chocolate pause head hypo. I wasn't even thinking about a hypo. I wanted to make some chocolates. And I hit the all gene with the hypo. So I oh, proved nice. that. And I only hit one. Again, I only hit one, but I only should only hit one out of four, right? And I only got like six, seven eggs. Seven eggs. And I think every <laughs> every baby had chocolate in it. And chocolate is an amazing gene. It's yeah, I was just about gene. to say chocolate is a dope gene. That's one oh, of my favorite genes. It is. That's, it is. <laughs> team chocolate. <laughs> He's team chocolate. Uh, I on Facebook the other day, I saw somebody was... Uh, had posted a picture of a candy uh, ball python. Okay. And, and, uh, and one of my friends on there and I went on and said that uh, I think fat guys named all these genes because my favorite candy is chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> so we got candy gene and the chocolate gene. Bunch of fat guys sitting around. What do you want to call this one? Candy, chocolate. Candy, chocolate. It's silly. <laughs> Yeah, man, I love chocolate. Like, uh, I got I got quite a bit of that in the collection now, and I'll I be working on a lot next year too. I want to try to put the HRA because the the HRA line that that I was blessed to get into was um, it's black backed, 
my 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 male has one spot on his dorsal one behind right behind its head and and then one other dot uh, maybe about two-thirds of the way down its body and then almost no tail strike and he throws the hras um all black backed they're all clean dorsal and the other thing i like about him is I only got two males from him and I kept both of them. He just throwing female after female. And that's why I got, a, you know, five clutches. I'm keeping 11 babies, holdbacks. And that's a lot, you know, for a guy who's got 90. I'm, you know, up my collection 10% every year. Yeah. So, yeah. But I'm keeping, I'm keeping, I gave my, my good friend, Jeremy Kloss, who also uh, uh, breeds, he's uh, freaks of nature out here in Arizona. I was just about to ask you that. Yeah. Freaks of nature. And he, I, so I gave him one of the uh, gargoyles this year, gargoyle, a fire. Gar I'm calling them flaming gargoyles because it's fire gargoyles. Fire, so. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. That's a dope name. <laughs> I'm making up combo names for probably combos that were made, you know, 15 years ago. <laughs> it's all good. I'm, though. I'm an old guy though. So it's all right. <laughs> I'm having fun. Leave me alone. <laughs> so you've already touched on uh, on some of this but just kind of like speak to some of the changes that you've kind of seen in the industry over time when i when i first got into the hobby 10 years ago and facebook was just starting to get legs and people would beat you up senseless on there and the first when i first got on there so that know, hasn't changed no, no. <laughs> but it was worse back then, dude. It was much worse. Dudes talking, let's fight, let's go. You know, dropping the gloves over something on the computer, man. It's like really, and I would get angry. I I would get so upset, and then and then after a, a, while, a couple of months, six seven months on there, I was like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not get angry about. It. Like, so you got an opinion. Like I posted something the other day and somebody, I'm not going to say any names, went on there. I said it was a Calico Pazo D. And, you know, first, second, second comment was like, ah, there's no OD in that. Oh, and I was going to comment back. But I put a picture with a blackhead that was Paz Red Jean. And so I just, the only comment I made was no guess on the blackhead, whether the Red Jean's in there or not, to help a guy out. <laughs> well, I went the other way, you know, first I was like, why would you even say that? You know, my mom always told me, if you're not going to say something nice, don't, don't say nothing. Yeah, <laughs> keep walking. Keep kicking. Speaking of nice, it's nice to have Marvin and Matt in the building. We got Arizona representing for you. Yeah. Delegate Anomaly, Matthew Yates, Reptiles. Matty Yates, that guy, he, Matty Yates. He, he irritates me on the Instagram, man. <laughs> but again, I just take a deep breath. It's just on a computer. You know, I, I finally made a hypo, and I was all happy about it. Now, Maddie, you know, he gets on there and gets with his hand on the Instagram. The hypo sets it to music. God, I hate that guy. <laughs> so I keep hitting him up and say, teach me how to do this stuff, man. Old guy's playing catch up over here, man. I don't know this stuff. Yeah, Matt, he, he had just some dope stuff, man. 
that guy, I tell you what, and he's all chiseled chin and all that. I, God, I don't like that guy. You know what? <laughs> if he was playing football, he'd probably be a quarterback or something like that. <laughs> but I see Marvin Elegant Anomaly Reptiles too, man. I have, uh, I, uh, that guy is awesome. Uh, the 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 rack that I have, the one big rack that I have, I uh, bought from Marvin. I had to get that guy under contract a year before he sold it because the uh, Sumter boys here in Arizona, they want to buy every rack that hits the market out here. So I had to, uh, I had to get Marvin on the down low and say, hey, when you sell this rack, I got you. I waited here on Marvin. He'll tell you on here. I waited like a year for that rack. Went and picked it up, smiling, talking about Zach Sumter the whole time. He was so excited when he put that home. Oh my God. Look at this rack, man. Zach Sumter, eat your heart out. I got this rack. <laughs> we have so much fun out here in Arizona. I'm going to say, because I told the guys I was going to say something, but Arizona. I'm going to say we're catching Florida in the reptile game. We can't, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. You know, just on your wildlife, y'all got gators, so you got, got us there. But we got Gila monsters here and the Arizona black rattlesnake. So we got some. I heard cool it was some pretty. Wild. I'm not a herper, but I heard it was some good herping in Arizona, right? Yeah, there is. Uh, I coach high school football and I coach the O line. So I leave the herping to the guys that go herping and I, I coach football instead. If, if gotcha. they get a rattlesnake on the football field though, I got them. I can do it. So question for you, are any of your players interested in uh, reptiles? Well, here's the thing. I started a reptile club at the high school. I got probably about 10 or 11 uh, members and, and most because our high school, the high school I work at now goes from seventh grade to 12th grade. And so mostly the seventh and eighth and ninth graders um, are in the club, but a lot of interest, um, you know, when they see the pictures of stuff that I hatch, the, the football players, um, they're, interested. they're interested, but, you know, they like I was when I was their age, I'll, I'll look, but I ain't touching. And, uh, but we did start the reptile club and i've had uh, we meet twice a month i've taken uh, i took the uh, hra uh, some of that hra clutch into the school to show them the differences of what the different you know when you start stacking and then the allelic relationship you know because i'm trying to you know not only get kids to be you know in the in the hobby but you know try to teach them something too True. And then I, I was able to connect with because uh, I don't keep any lizards, and the kids were all about, "Hey, coach, let's, we want to see some lizards." <laughs> lizard guy. Sorry, but I went on Facebook, thank goodness, and connected with some people in some of our Arizona groups, and uh, met a nice woman that came out and had about six different species of lizards and showed the kids, and they were over the moon. So when we first started the. Uh, you know, you have to get all the pictures for the yearbook and, you know, early. Right. So when we, when we first had the reptile club, which like just an emphasis, I had like four or five kids maybe at the time. 
So we've doubled in size. We're up to 10 or 11 now. So we're walking over to take a picture for the yearbook, you know, and I've got like four or five kids. I start recruiting kids on the way over to take the picture. <laughs> I got two, three football players in there. The student body president is in the picture for the reptile club. And, and they all random people. In there. <laughs> I, but I got it up to about 12. I, I, didn't want to, I wanted to be respectful. I didn't want to come in like here. It's four of us. Now, me and these four were good. <laughs> I just started pulling. Just, they're like, what's the picture for? Just come, just come with me. <laughs> He's in high school again. Yeah. Yeah. Just hanging out with the kids. Yeah. Hey. Having, a great time. Having fun. Getting after it. Having Hello, fun. fellow young people. Hey, trying to teach them something along the way. And I, I, I'm having a ball, man. I have so much fun. I'm having more fun than a person should be allowed to have, to be honest. So, Tiffany, have you, like, handled any of the snakes? No. Never? No. Well, Never been curious? I, yeah, like, I touch it. but I have to hold the head That's away. a big step. Because yeah, I know people that no, won't even touch just, a snake, like, at all. That's his thing. In fact, yeah. I know people that won't even come in the room. Yeah, well, and my mom won't go in the room. Some people want to come in. to my house. I my mom won't come to the house. Like, she'll pull up I... out front. I'm out here. <laughs> some friends that have told me that, like, I'm never coming to your house because you got snakes. <laughs> okay. We can go to my sister. We can go to my sister's house, but we're not coming in here. Like, I'm yeah. out here. <laughs> He's like, that's fine. I don't need people in my house. <laughs> I'm good. But I'll touch them. You I mean like I'll go in there and look? Like I'm curious, but. They're cute, like when they're really, really small, when they hatch. Yeah. I learned that in clutch. Yeah, <laughs> I've learned. I'm learning key terms, so I kind of know what's going on. But nice. So I, before you know it, you'll be handling them. No. Ten years. <laughs> I've been with her twenty-one. We did like, ten years. No. Yeah. <laughs> show me the money. That when I sell the snake, they she loves the snake. Oh, I'm all involved. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so yeah but it's all right we we have a good time with it i'm uh i'm trying to make stuff you know and and make what i want to have you know and if and then what i don't want to hold back to 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 breed or just look at when i open the tub i've got snakes in there that are breeder size that haven't bred ever but i just like looking at them so i'm talking to them i'm talking to them so they're still here and uh and uh, and I also I keep bull snakes as well. I have a 1.2 trio of bull snakes. Those are okay. pleasant, pleasant animals. What made you get into those? I grew up. The guys grew up, when I grew up. They were catching uh, gopher snakes. And in Arizona, if I breed them and I want to breed them, you, you you get sticky because we have Sonoran gophers and they don't want you to sell indigenous you know, oh. uh, reptiles here in Arizona. So I didn't want to play that game. So I just went bull snakes. It's Pituophis. It's the same family. They're basically the same thing, but different coasts. You lost me with Pituophis? That's the group. <laughs> you lost me too. You got a scientific name. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Pituophis is, is like uh, Python, Python Day or whatever, Royal Regis, Regis Python Day or whatever. So Pituophis is the genus, I think it's called. Uh, don't get me going on that. I, I just know the first part. And then uh, 
you know, and I'm in a couple of bull snake groups, they start talking about, you know, and they only, you know, speak in the scientific name. And I'm like, yeah, it's a bull snake or a um, gopher snake. That's for sure. But that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> but I, I, we, that's what we caught in the Bay Area. We would catch garter snakes and uh, gopher snakes. And I love the gopher <laughs> snakes. A whole, just look at them in a bucket. And I would keep them for a couple of days and then take them back down to the field and let them go where we caught them. And that was yeah. just, it was just growing up when I was, we, we got locked out of the house when I, when I was a kid, mom was cleaning or doing something. You got locked out. You go down, come home when the lights come, street lights come on. And we stayed oh, I remember those days. And, yeah. and don't be late. And don't be yeah. late. <laughs> don't be late to dinner. Street light goes on. Marvin said you out here using big words. Be honest. I can only do one thing at a time. I can, uh, can you spell it. Spell what? Whatever the word was. I don't remember what the word I was. Pituophis or something like that. Pituophis. Pituophis. That's how you pronounce it. It's like pituophis, and then there's another word that means, you know, uh. But they have genetics. I got a white, my male's white-sided head for about six different things. Okay. Uh, and then I've got a uh, albino and, and it's maybe possibly hypo. And the hypos are different in the bull snakes. The hypo, I think the hypo from what I'm finding out is um, it's, it's more of like an incomplete dominant gene in ball pythons, right? Where it's like and it's almost like locality specific too. So I'm still learning it, but I have I have three different color phases. So I have a white sided, I have an albino, and I have a exanthic uh, Miami Miami exanthic phase. Um, Miami exanthic. Miami exanthic. Well, there's two different. You know, there's different exanthics in. Uh, in bull snakes, just like there are ball pythons, right? So the, not, did the the Miami exanthid did that? I guess when they first start breeding that one or producing that one, was it in Miami? Well, that was, why they call it? I think that's where they found the first ones were around okay. the Miami areas. What I'm, you know, from what I've known, there's smarter guys in the chat than me, uh, you know, about this stuff that'll I'm sure correct us in there and let us know what what what's right, but. Miami, I believe it was more of like a locality type of thing in the Miami areas where they were were catching these bull snakes. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. And then there's a Balum or something, Exanthic, which that one's named after like a VPI. It's named after the breeder who basically worked worked the project. What is it? Gotcha. Balum. B-A-L-O-U-M? Balum? Balum. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Which I kind of like that one, just because it's called Balum. That's pretty cool to me. I think. <laughs> but I got Miami phase, so I can't do. It's just like ball pythons; they don't work together. Gotcha. That makes sense. Not compatible. Not compatible. That makes perfect sense. And that's like when I got in ten years ago, there were all kind of different hypos: OG, green hypo, uh, blue hypo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> But <laughs> slang for cocaine. <laughs> no, it isn't. <laughs> it Miami is in, I thought it was slang for. 
<laughs> and I'm going to tell you what, those uh, the Bull State guys, they don't want to hear nothing about a ball python, boy. They I got their mind exempted. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. That's when we have to uh, switch to selling during the market downturn. That Miami is Xanthic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can see that. That's a good idea. I think he should go with that. <laughs> I got, got to put a low low. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tiffany, you have an interesting story related to your profession. Um, Robert and I, we talked about it a little bit, but do you want to uh, kind of like bring us up to speed and let the listeners know? Yeah. So when I was a probation officer, I retired in 2020. Was it 2020 I retired? About that. Yeah. yeah been okay. Years. So I was a um, adult probation officer <clears throat> here in Arizona in Pinal County. And right after Charlottesville took place, well, first of all, let me back up. So I was a probation officer and I have a lot of my, I call them clients. I don't like to refer to them even when I worked with defendants as defendants. I wouldn't say, Hey, defendant, you know, when I re- they're people, they made a bad choice. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. And so I like working with people. So I had this one particular guy on my caseload who was a white supremacist and I got reassigned to his case. Long story short, I went out to his house to meet him and he had his wife beat her on. And I usually would go out by myself Mm -hmm. um, to meet my clients because I didn't want people to feel intimidated because I, with probation, you look like SWAT. You know, I have a vest on, I have a gun, all this stuff. So when I want to meet people, I want them to feel you know, comfortable. Because imagine if two people came to your door saying, hey, I'm here, I'm your probation officer and I brought somebody with me. I'm going to be defensive. Right. So, 100%. Yeah. So I didn't want him to feel defensive. So I went to his house, rattled the gate, make sure there's no dogs. A pit bull came out, seemed friendly. So I went inside the gate. And then he comes out all these tattoos on his legs, swastika on the back of his neck. And I saw, and he had swastika on his chest, and I saw his hate tattoos. I was like, I'll still meet with him. That's just, I'm not here to judge that. That's not my job. My job is to make sure this man makes it through probation if he has the right mindset. So I get out to his house and he walks out and he looks around (laughs) and he said, who are you? I said, well, I'm your new probation officer. He said, do you know who I am? Yeah. You read my file? Sure did. He's like, is this a setup? I said, what are you talking about? And I kind of stood back and put my hand on my gun. No, he said, are you by yourself? And I was like, whoa, is everything going to be okay? I stood back, created some more distance between us, put my hand on my gun. <clears throat> and I was like, yeah, by myself, you know, your new PO. And he stuck his hand out. He said, I have respect for you. So what are you talking about? Like, okay, why? He said, no one, not even my own race has ever come out all the years I've been on paper to meet with me by themselves. And you came out here by yourself to meet with me? Yep. And that started our relationship. Me as his PO, never had any problems with him. Always respectful. Um, I remember, like, we, I would joke around, like, I would say something. Usually I didn't work on MLK Day, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Mm-hmm. But one MLK Day I did, 
And I was texting some of my clients saying, hey, I'm going to come out. I'm in the field. That's what we called it. And I called this fool. <laughs> I called him a fool. I said, hey, Mike, I'm on my way. I'm out in the field today. He said, are you picking cotton? I said, Michael, no. Like in the field working today. He's like, well, it's James Earl Ray Day. Michael, that's not funny. You know, but so we had that relationship where I could go back and forth with him. Um, but he was always respectful. There, was, there could have been times I could have revoked his probation, but I worked with him and wanted to create that positive behavioral change. And so we established that relationship. So fast forward, that was in 2007 when I started, like right after I started in 2006. So fast forward, Charlottesville happens. And there was a um, ABC producer that was trying to find somebody getting their hate tattoos covered up. He found, and this time Mike was already living in Colorado. Um, and he went to this tattoo parlor and Michael, my previous defendant, was getting his swastikas covered up. The ABC producer asked him, why are you doing that? Is it because of Charlottesville? And Mike's like, I don't watch the news. I don't know what's going on. And he's like, well, tell me why you're doing this. And he said, because I had a black probation officer that believed in me. And that's why I'm getting my tattoos covered up. So that's where the story went off. And so it was ABC produced it. Um, I'm not sure if you found the video, but if you Google my name, you can see it. It's, I sent the link. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's unlikely it. friendships. Um, and it just took off. I like, had over 50 million views, um, did some speaking engagements, you know, with the um, federal government, um, with their probation department. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter, Bernice King, invited us, Michael and I, to um, Atlanta, to the King Center, to celebrate her dad's, I think it was his 100th, birth, 100th year birthday back in 2018. Um, so it was awesome. It was just a really good experience. And for Michael, um, he just loved it. I mean, in the sense that it changed him, like we weren't, we didn't expect any of that. It was just, that was our story. And we still stay in contact to this day. Um, last January, was it last January? Or the January before, I can't remember. We were on Kelly Clarkson. Um, okay. Kelly Clarkson, um, sharing our story. So that was cool. Michael Ely was on there. He called me an angel. Michael uh, Ely. The actor. He was, he was in a barbershop with Ice Cube. Yeah, I know who he is. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it was just really cool. Um, we had an opportunity maybe to make a movie, but then it like fell through. People say they want to write a book, but that fell through. So, just living my life. But it was good. But I mean, I like working with people and helping people become better people. Um, especially when I first meet people in the line of work that I am with social work. I like to help people be better than when I first met them. If I can create that positive and instill in them positive behavioral change. You know, it's just motivation and for a lot of times. And I like working with drug addicts. Um, I was also the drug court PO. Okay. When I was a probation officer. Um, that's really rewarding, but I also learned around that same time when I was getting all these awards and all this attention that I was neglecting my family. Um, I spent, like, remember I was telling you about when I was on- um, Price is Right. Price is Right. I didn't even acknowledge my family, but the first people I acknowledged was my clients. 
because I was really enthralled and I put all of me into my job because I wanted people to succeed and just do well. You know, I don't want people to feel, oh, because you're an addict. That doesn't mean you're less than. That just means you have a problem. Right. And what are you trying to do to, to change it? So, and I was always everybody's biggest cheerleader for my, um, for my clients. I still get clients that still just message me private, like a private message saying, Hey, Tiffany, I just want you to know, look, I just had a kid. Um, I had one call me last week, Tiffany, I just want to let you know, I'm still sober. Nice. Yeah. Or people, Hey, can you write me a letter of recommendation saying this is how well I've done, blah, blah, blah. Can you help me? So it's, it's cool. It's rewarding that I can help people in that sense. And then with coach over here, the hubby, you know, he's found his calling. It's always been his calling to work with kids. You know, um, he doesn't have his degree, so he's not able to be a teacher, but he's still part of the school and enthralled with it and being a coach. And so he still makes that impact on kids. So it's good. We have that effect on people working with, he likes the kids. I like working with the adults and just creating that positive behavior change. Uh, Marvin wanted to know who I wanted to play my wife if uh, they did make a movie about this. And uh, to answer Marvin, I, I think I was first going to say Halle Berry, but but I think I'd probably go uh, Viola Davis. Uh, Viola Davis is great, but I'm I I think I want to get married. Maybe we get married, Jay Blige. Yes, yeah, your girlfriend. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't care. Who's gonna play you though? I'm probably somebody. Somebody really good looking would have to play me. I mean, <laughs> that guy, the guy from the movie Shrek, maybe plays me. <laughs> so Tiffany, going back to like when you were initially assigned to be his uh, PO. Um, what was kind of your initial reaction, um, knowing his background? Okay, he's another person. See, for me, I think my situation, because I grew up in Arizona while well, I'm still here. So when I moved here in 79, my I grew up in upper middle class white neighborhoods. Okay. Um, you hear how I speak. Growing up, I've always been told, oh, you don't talk black. What the hell does that mean? You know, Um and too proper. So, and at that time when I was going to school at Chandler, there wasn't a lot of black athletes or black people, I should say, at school. And so people would always ask me, like the black, the little black crowd that we had would say, why don't you hang out with us? Why are you trying to be white? I had the white folks saying, why do you live where you live? Why do you talk like us? Why don't you go hang out with your black friends? So for me, it was just, I fit in where I could. So and I've always felt that if I had the opportunity to work with people that didn't like me, like racists, anything like that, I want to talk to you. I want to have that conversation. Let's talk about it. Let's see. We have some commonality. We both bleed red. Um, so when I met Mike, I was just chill. And he respected me for that, that I didn't treat him and come in defensive, already assuming this is how he was going to be. I got to know him as a person. He had uh, the, what was the, uh, the posters and stuff all over the place. Oh yeah. He had his stars and bars flags in his house. And I said to him jokingly one day, 
but serious. Why don't you take that stuff down and put up smiley faces? So you feel better instead of looking at all this negative stuff. Something positive. Yeah. And you know what? He did, did he it. take it down? Yep. Nice. Yep. If you watch that video, the ABC story, when he says that in there, I kind of look like, oh, my God. That was the first time I realized that I knew that he took it seriously. I didn't know that until then. Um, but that was very interesting. I was like, wow, he really did listen. And he still tells me to this day, Tiffany, you're always going to be in my life because you changed a big part of me. And he wasn't raised to be a racist. He wasn't raised that way. He had witnessed some things, saw his mom almost be raped. Um, his best friend was a white guy or a black guy. When I'm saying white guy, because Mike's blonde hair, blue eyed. Um, but he had a black friend and his friend took him to his house, the black friend's house. And Michael was discriminated against when the black friend's mom said, get that blue eyed devil out of here. And that threw him for a loop. And he was and around in his neighborhood at that time where he was growing up. Um, there was a lot of hate, you know, people standing out. Hey, come join us. Be a part of us. We'll love you. That's how he got brought into that. Not yeah, being cool. accepted and wanted to be part of something. And that's how he got drawn into the hate. But his family wasn't into that or anything. Gotcha. Was, yeah. So you mentioned like criticism and like. Uh, folks ridiculing you like when you were younger. Did you face like any uh, challenges or criticism for, for helping Michael? And if so, how did you deal with it? No one's ever said anything negative to me. All the comments on from the apps, people say, oh, they're probably dating. People are going to say what they're going to say, but I know what in my heart, man upstairs know what I'm doing. Um, and I'm committed to this man. I'm all about just making sure people are this was my job. I want to be a good person and help people. I was, I just listened and had that relationship of I'm your PO, you're my client and treating people with respect. That's the number one thing. Communication. This is, so people feel comfortable. People always think there's an angle or some blown, you know, people don't want to believe that it just people being people around each other, you know? And yeah, there's no agenda. I don't have anything. There's nothing in it for me. I don't get a bonus if you complete probation or I don't get a bonus if I arrest you when you go to jail. It's about really behind the badge. You have a heart. Right. And just remember and to people. having empathy and mm -hmm. acknowledging that there is potential for change. Like a lot of times, even in some very extreme situations. And it's again, one of the things you touched on too, was like just building that authentic relationship. So I think, I think that was important too. And it also played a role in it and then oh, just shoot. embracing the, the, the challenge, right. And approaching the situation uh, with an open mind. Like <laughs> if you didn't have an open mind, you, you couldn't have got through that. I feel like. Oh, Marvin. <laughs> That's Marvin. That's Marvin. Marvin's funny. <laughs> Marvin, Marvin. <laughs> that's true. Like what you said, it's just really about, and that's what I was really good at my job. And that's what I'm good at when I work with people is them, people, having empathy for people, like just understanding and working through that with them and knowing you're going to get through this and I'm going to help you get through it. But you got to put in the work, and I'm not going to work harder than you are. Hundred percent. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing the story. Like that's a dope story. It's definitely a, a testament to the power of empathy and 
and understanding and just like really embracing human connection. So that's mm -hmm. dope. I really appreciate you sharing that here. Thank you. And I appreciate it, you having us on. It's just a positive, sure. you know, Mike, it's just, you know, and all this was, this story was hitting and, and the ABC news story was never on the news. It was just on their website. On it's, Facebook. Yeah. And they put it out on Facebook some and the, uh, but I mean, it just blew up. I mean, this wasn't something that, you know, and it was right around uh, George Floyd thing was going on too. Okay. You know, so yeah. I loved it because it no, was 2018. Well, the story, well, the story was, when did the story come out? 2018. On ABC? Mm -hmm. uh, well, it was after George Floyd. I just think there's a connection. That's all I'm saying to that and that's why i think people like seeing something that wasn't negative like that i mean so many times we see that stuff in the news just negative stuff and it's like golly man i don't like watching the news every night i can't watch it every night it's depressing the the uh you know somebody found something positive they never even put it on television it was just on the website and it just, it took off. I think because people look for stuff that's positive. Yeah. Daily Mail picked it up. I mean, a lot of different people picked up. Daily Mail had it. Okay. I remember my daughter came home, our, our daughter came home and she's like, mom, people are saying you're on Daily Mail. And she showed me, I was like, oh yeah, I'm on there. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned like they were going to pick it up for a movie or a book. She's been, it's been, the story's been in a couple of books. Yeah, so I was like, I would, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of I Am Second. They're a faith-based organization. Um, they've shared our story in a book. Um, okay. The, um, there was a gentleman um, that reached out to Mike and I that wanted to do a possible movie. Um, unfortunately, he didn't want to do it from a faith-based story angle. And so he bowed out. And plus, it's hard to try to get the story because with probation, it's not... Like, how do you follow that? Because it's not every day you see the same person. Um, and just trying to get some other backstory. I don't know. We signed so many contracts. Oh, yeah, we want to do this. We want to do that. And nothing came through. You never know. It may down the road. Yeah, it may still happen. Yeah. You know, you never know. But just didn't pan out right now. So I keep going to work every day. <laughs> yeah. And, and there was no... There, the, the other positive thing about this is there's been no monetary... Other than the guy who was going to do the movie took us, flew us out to Denver because that's where Mike was living at the time. Mm -hmm. And we got to go to a great dinner. It was so good, man. Such a good dinner. And I was like, hey, I'm good with that right there. I got to go to Denver. Eat uh, some truffles for dinner? Yeah. I was like 47 course. You know, it was way, way above <laughs> my pay grade, man. I was hungry afterwards. Yeah. I was like, we going to hit the McDonald's drive through on the way home. Everything come out like this big. I was like, what the? Put it in your mouth and chew. <laughs> okay, got it. Yeah, but it was a good experience. And every once in a while, we still get phone calls. There was a guy that called about six months ago from Germany. From Germany because he saw our story and wants to put it in his magazine out in Germany, share it. So, okay, do what you got to do. <laughs> nice. but it's good. I like sharing it, the story, if I can, just to spread there's good people in the world. Yeah, again, definitely glad y'all shared it here too. 
It's a thank great you. story, and more people need to hear it. Thank you, thank you. Well, we went. I uh, I kind of resurrected the uh, what they call the BSU at the high school. You did that too. The Black Student Union, because they weren't meeting at all. My because I, I had a couple kids that students that you know I, I talked to because I'm out with them all the time at lunch and whatnot, and I have my own club and. I don't even know how it came up, but one of the kids said, you know, coach, we have, you know, and I didn't even know what BSU was. I was like, oh, what that is. And he goes, our club isn't even meeting. What's the BSU black student union. Oh, well, we've got to get that fixed. So we got them, got them. We meet, they meet every uh, other week. Uh, I took her in and we showed the videos and, 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 um, and, and did that. We went to a barbecue mm -hmm. with uh, them and a couple other schools, um, Black Student Union, and uh, at least gave our kids a chance to do something, you know, before the school year was out and, and get it going again and get a meeting and get a place to meet and some ideas of what they could meet about. You know, I, I really feel obviously with this story is 2018, uh, you know, we're not there yet, Mike. We're not there yet. And, you know, work's not done, like I tell the kids. Right. Work isn't done. We still got work to do. So my whole thing with, with her and her story and the kids is just, I want you guys to be able to meet. Um, the uh, kid that they just hired, the kid that played football for me, he's black. And they just hired and the athletic director at the school came and asked me, uh, hey, you know, um, he was amazed that a couple of black players on the team wanted, they got to meet the coach during the interview process, and they wanted uh, the kid that had played football for me. And, uh, and he was telling me this, and I said, I, I don't understand why that surprises you. They just want a coach that looks like them. That, that's all they want. They're it's not relate to. It's it's not a it's a, right. not a mystery. Exactly, they want something to relate to. That's all. And uh, you know, you still have to explain that to people. It's like, you know, we're not all running the same race. <laughs> you know, and uh, it's important to me that we get closer. 100%. Yeah, rep and you hit the nail on the head. Representation does matter. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And for me, like, when I was a PO, I was the only, at that time, I was the only Black female. No, I was the only Black PO at that time. And then, office, and yeah. yeah, she won the Pinal County uh, Probation Officer of the Year. Mm -hmm. Uh Oh yeah, 2018. I was the Pinal County Probation Officer of the Year, State of Arizona Probation Officer of the Year, and then the National PO. National PO of the Year, yeah. and I, I couldn't nice. be prouder. I'll take care of the snakes, girl. Just keep knocking them dead. Just keep knocking them dead, girl. <laughs> nice. So before we let y'all get out of here and enjoy the rest of your night, I do have some random questions for you. I've done my homework. You've done your homework. Okay. All right. So I'm going to hit you with the first one. If you can live any place in the world and y'all can answer separately or y'all can answer together, 
But if you can live anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? Where would you live? I think I'd just stay right here. Stay, this is home. stay in Chandler, Arizona. I love it here. I have a little house built in 1971, and I just love it here. Couldn't, couldn't ask for more. And uh, we're, we're, we're entrenched in the community, and I have this incredible Arizona community of uh, the ball python breeding community here. Is The guys are second to none. I got the Sumper Boys and Marvin and my friend Jeremy and a bunch of other guys, Matty Yates with his Matty Yates. pretty face and everything else. <laughs> I just love these guys, man. I think the world of them. I think the world of every one of them that are out here committed to these animals as much as I am. And we all kind of have different things we do. And my reason for wanting to stay is my family. That too. <laughs> Because well, my dad, I have my brother and my nieces okay. and my dad. And then my stepdaughter, Amanda, she's just right over in California. She's in the chat from Cali. Yeah. So is it AJ? Yep. Uh-huh. Okay, nice. Shout out to AJ. Appreciate you coming out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So tomorrow you get a direct deposit in your bank or ACH. Herb Collection just, just gave you $10 million. How are you using it? What do you think? What? But he's, how are you going to use ten million? Carefully. Yeah. <laughs> Carefully. Yeah. Um, first, pay off you know house bills. Get an advisor, not necessarily all in this order, but get a money advisor. Okay. Because um, I want to make sure I keep you know accumulating. I so I want to spend it. It's got to grow. Yeah, it's got to grow. Um. Take care of family. Nice. And get my daughter through college. Our daughter through college. Sorry. Um, and two million on snakes. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting good racks. I'm building my room out in the backyard. It's going to the nines around here. <laughs> nice. Nice. I heard something about some shoes, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a shoe problem. <laughs> yeah. So I probably buy some. <laughs> You can't even get in that closet no more, man. It's a walk-in closet. You walk in no more. Nice. All right. So if y'all could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? My mom. Okay. Is one. Um and my mom's deceased, so she died in 2009 of cancer. So I definitely have to have her. Um, ooh, Oprah. Okay. Oprah, just have a good conversation with her. Just really talk to her. Who else? Um, I know I'm missing somebody. Well, yeah, because he asked for three. I know. <laughs> um, probably my grandfather on my dad's side that I never met because he was deceased before I was born. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Talk to him. I'm, I'm going to you would ask him. What's that? What's one question you would ask him? Um, one question I would ask him, how did he learn to become a businessman and a business owner without knowing how to read or write. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. 
He owned his own grocery store. Mm -hmm. And how did you, and he passed away in 19, what was my dad in college? 50 something. So yeah, I'd want to ask that question. Just how did you do that? Like, how did you navigate that to be able to become a businessman on a grocery store, but you didn't know how to read or write? He signed his name with an X. That, that would be a great question for sure. My father-in-law, when I talked to him about that, said that he asked his father, you know, how do you do business not knowing how to read or write? He said, I know how to count. <laughs> He's a money man. Yeah. I know how to count. That's what matters. <laughs> what was your 3D? What about you? I, my three are uh, kind of four. Three. I know. I did you my say Mary J. Blige. Yeah, no, I, think be there I would, I would, I would do the, and the reason why it's, it's four is because I would do the slash my mother-in-law. Cause I won, I won the lottery with my mother-in-law as far as mother-in-laws go. Oh my gosh. I love that woman to death. And then yeah, me my, too. hundred uh -huh. percent. Said me too. hundred percent. Yeah. Thank you. And then uh, my dad, I lost just over a year ago. I'd like to have one more dinner with him. So that's a slash. And then my favorite of all time, Muhammad Ali. I wanna, I wanna, I would love to talk to Muhammad Ali. Okay. And then uh, I've always wanted to. Uh, when people have asked me that before, I want Martin Luther King Jr. for sure. I mean, he did. He wasn't a. Uh, you know, it wasn't he wasn't an activist. He was teaching people how to act right. <laughs> you know, it wasn't teaching, you know, black folks we want to turn the other cheek nonviolent. That that's not you know what what white folks were doing. And so uh he was trying to teach everybody to be nonviolent, to respect people and and everybody should, you know, have the same the same uh, opportunities that everybody else has. And I'm a firm believer in that. And I would love to hear him speak about it. And uh, just because he was an amazing public speaker as well, probably the uh, the best speaker this country has ever, yeah. ever seen. And uh, we lost him, and it's a shame. And 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 it, you know, it was bad for everybody bad for everybody so what's one question you would ask him i mean and he knew he wasn't going to get there and i don't feel like i'm going to get there mike you know so what's you, the question you, you i'd ask him how do we get to the mountaintop because he knew we weren't he wasn't going to get there with us he knew that uh because he said so and uh i would ask him how do we get there because you know i thought it I thought, you know, when this country, uh, when this when this country elected uh, Obama, I, I thought I, I was proud. I was proud, you know. And then we've done some things over the, you know, that period of time since that happened that I'm not proud of, and nobody should be proud of. Everybody should, you know, get just live and let live. What's wrong with that? You know, I'm from, I, I grew up in the, you know, I was born in the 60s, grew up in the 70s. We were just all about, you know, peace, peace love. love. 
in harmony. That's all we wanted to do. But this is why the world go round. Yeah, it's just we can't all be the same. And, and that's what we should we should celebrate that. Mm -hmm. That's the greatest part about it. Yeah, it'd be boring as all get out if we were all the same. Yeah, if everybody had to look as good as me, come on. Now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Everybody in the chat was thinking the same thing. Right? Yeah, I know, I know they were. You just had to put it out there. You had to say it. So what's one question y'all wish I would have asked, and how would you have answered it? I already answered it because I was going to talk about the Arizona boys if you hadn't asked about, but I just went ahead and threw it in there. I, uh, Like I said, I, just, I have so much fun with these guys out here. And we're going to have our, our Phoenix Reptile Show in Mesa which I don't understand how you can have the Phoenix Reptile Show <laughs> in Mesa. <laughs> so we're going to do that in a couple of weeks, and I can't wait to see the guys out there and see what they've produced and what they're working on. And it's just, you know, I keep trying to get everybody, all the ball python guys here in Arizona to get together for like a dinner or a breakfast. But, you know, that's me. I'm big guys. We like to eat, you know, but it could be anything. Let's Let's have a soda together. But I'd like to do something like that out here because it's just a fun group of guys. Nice. I can't think of a question, Mike. Can you think of a question? No. No, I can't think of one for you since you were... I just kind of brought her to tell you all the story. I'm just so proud of her, man. I, I couldn't be more proud of my wife. I can't believe how lucky I am. And that's why I like you talking about your wife at the beginning of the show. Let us know where the real talent's at. <laughs> Brains that up. Yeah, I got you. Let her know. Give her credit where it's due. For sure. For sure. Well, it's been great having you both on the show tonight. It's been an amazing episode, which I knew it would be. Definitely been looking forward to it like all week. Definitely appreciate you uh, reaching out and, and converse with me throughout the weeks, man. Definitely. And I'm glad y'all were able to put your story out there on another platform. And hopefully more and more people continue to hear it and continue to hear it because it's it's an amazing story, right? And it's not it's not one that you come across every day. And and I personally think it's movie worthy. I think it's book worthy. And so y'all got a lot going on, man. And I can tell y'all y'all a dope couple. Y'all play off each other. Y'all have fun and y'all and y'all really enjoy uh coupling together. I'm gonna call yeah. it that. <laughs> I just appreciate you having us on, man. I, this like I told you, it's my first time and watching you do this i was you know i was excited but also nervous because i was like i'm gonna look like a blithering idiot on there but i know really, bro like I amazing amazing i just think that she just uh, is just an amazing story she's an amazing person and you know the guy uh michael ely called her an angel on television but i already knew this she's letting all y'all know yeah <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. Great story. Great story. So is there anything else that y'all want to tell the listeners uh, before we wrap it up? I just want to say to everybody that's out there, keep being positive. I love the way that this um, hobby and the people in it have really kind of almost a 180. We still have some stuff, but, you know, for the most part, uh, I, I, I think that we're going the right direction. And I, I really have been impressed with the guys, like I said, here in Arizona and meeting every, I mean, I've met some of the most incredible people in this hobby. And, uh, and I just, 
I'm, I'm real happy about that. And, and I, I just, like I said, I appreciate the opportunity to, to brag about my wife a little bit and, uh, you know, talk a bit, little bit about snakes and, uh, hopefully, um, I did all right. I wasn't a blithering idiot. I'm here. Now you did a great job, bro. Yeah. Great job. hundred percent. I would just say for everybody, if it's late for you, do it tomorrow. Tell somebody, hello, ask somebody how you're really doing today. Really ask somebody, how are you? Check in on your people, your friends, just a quick text. How are you? How are you, how are you doing? I like yeah. it. Oh, yeah, hundred percent, and and that can make a huge difference. You never know, because somebody might be down, somebody might not be feeling a hundred percent. They might not be having the greatest day, but just the simple fact of you asking, just the simple fact of you like caring and showing that you care, and mm-hmm. kind of offering that olive branch, it can click something and change the trajectory of their day, right? You Which can lead more and more positive stuff. So yeah, definitely always reach out, talk to folks. Definitely be asking them how they're doing and just checking in on them. Like all that stuff is important. Like it's the small things that matter at the end of the day. It really is. You know, simple looking at somebody and just smiling can change somebody's day. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So to everybody out there in the chat, man, I appreciate y'all coming out, checking out the live to all the folks who check out the replay. Shout out to y'all too. Shout out to the audio only game. When y'all checking this out, we really appreciate all of the support each and every week y'all make sure y'all go follow coaches royal reptiles uh the we got your links in the description of this video so you definitely go check them out man shout out to the arizona crew want to get some more of y'all on the show as you know maddie yates been on the show but we definitely want to get some more folks uh from the arizona crew on the show uh shout out to all the support that y'all showing over there um again everyone out thank y'all for coming out tonight can y'all hang back for a few minutes you got it okay cool so everybody else man thank y'all for coming out be blessed peace